0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. Mr. Jay Woodson, Mr. McLean Boyd are alongside. I am Mike Maroney. We're happy to have everyone. Gents, what's going on? McLean, you seem salty. Tired. Been salty. Been
1: a long day. Long couple of days. It's freezing. <laughs> I've got nothing. No, you got snow out in Nashville. It's flurrying right now, but they're calling for accumulation on Sunday.
0: That's a much different demeanor from you. Like last year at this time, you'd be like, oh, yeah, sitting outside, 70 degrees, my flip flops just to piss us off. So we don't Our really f- feel bad
1: for you. It's just to let you know. I have regrets. <laughs> 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 just need you to know. <laughs>
0: Uh, oh, damn. What are, what are you boys drinking? Uh, just got I a got wine a glass. Of,
2: yeah, I got a bottle of... Uh, <laughs> that's because I had a glass of wine with dinner and I didn't want to waste another glass. So here we are with a little uh, John J. Bowman single barrel. Oh, there you go. Pretty good. Green
0: label. That's hard to find. Good. McLean?
1: Knob Creek. Oh, Knob 9? Knob 9. There you go. I think it might be my new go-to.
0: It's pretty solid stuff.
1: It really is. You know, I've been on that 1792 train, and I still love 1792. Um, But I think my new go-to is this Knob. I screwed up last night because, obviously, Tori's out of town, and I couldn't go to the liquor store. So I ordered a bottle off of Uber Eats, and I'm like, oh, $35. That's not bad. With it's so fees awesome that, that we
2: can do that these days.
1: No, it's not, because with fees <laughs> and everything, it came out at $65. Holy hell. Oh, And I snap, tried to cancel it immediately. I was like, oh, my God, because they hide, like, all the fees and everything. And then you click go, and it goes. And you got
0: a tip, and then.
1: Yeah, and it, it goes, and all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I'm not paying that. So I go to cancel it. And when I hit cancel, it was like, you will be charged $40. Total Wine has already started shopping for this. And I'm like, well, at that point, just, yeah, I'm going to take it in the pants. But I'm, I'm telling you, I'll never, <laughs> never do it again. Never. I will leave my kids at home and run to the liquor store before I do that again. <laughs>
0: See, I could do that. I started to leave my kids at home. We have a grocery store, or liquor store, like right around the corner. It's great. Sorry, girls. Mine aren't quite at that. <laughs> <early>. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, girls. Just hang tight just for a few minutes. Yeah, here's
1: some Paul <laughs> Patrol. I'll be back in 15. Fa-
0: FaceTime me <laughs> on your iPad if you need something. <laughs> if you need something. Uh, I'm not drinking tonight. And you know, I said last week I was doing a quasi-dry January to our until our uh, vacation with my wife. I did crack. I'm going to just fess up, hand up. I did have a couple of drinks on Saturday night. I um, thought well, you were
1: saying you smoked crack. Uh, oh, <laughs> no. Like that's aggressive. So uh, yeah, gigantic. I quit drinking. It and went straight different. to crack. I thought that. It was. Yeah, bitter... I thought it was going to be a kind of a big jump, but you
0: know, <laughs> no. I just had a couple glasses of bourbon uh, on Saturday night, so I did drink. But we're going to try to get back on this sobriety here um, until I'll probably crack again at some point. Let's be honest. Crack. But... Our dry January made it to about the fourth. You're made it to the second. You were on the pod
1: drinking last week. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But I didn't drink on the third. And then Tori comes home and we went to this thing at the Bluebird Cafe. She's like, well, we'll we'll have a drink. And we're eating healthy, too. So she gets like the, the veggies and hummus plate. And she goes, we'll have a drink. And this girl sits down next to me and gets a basket of fries. And they were crinkle fries that were fried perfectly golden. I could smell them. And I ended up ordering a basket. And I ate every single Fry. They brought it to you without asking with two ketchups and a ranch. Oh wow. Nice touch. What is there. this place? I oh, I I had to. I just I did it. I did it. And then we got back the next night. Tori's like, you know, we're just hanging out. She's like, God, I could have a glass of wine. And I just like jumped out of my seat. It's like, I'll drink with you. You don't have to drink alone. I'll do this. <laughs> so that dry January did not make it. But we are eating healthy and you know, we've we found a gym. We haven't joined it yet, but it, we know it's there. <laughs> We know we like it, but we just haven't joined it. Yeah, it's like it's like searching for a church. We
2: really like this church; it's close, but we haven't officially we haven't joined, joined that. yet. We're just testing out the waters,
0: just driving by, peers through the windows. <laughs> so I did. I texted you guys. I I did catalog. I was a I was a hell of a father last week at my girl's home, and my bourbon collection was just kind of getting little out of hand, like it was just kind of unorganized and there was crap everywhere. And I had a bunch of bottles gifted to me for Christmas. I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I've never actually counted all these. I said, I'm going to get them all out, count them all. I then made like an Excel spreadsheet catalog of what I had. Um, And yeah, 75 bottles of bourbon. That's incredible. And I'd say there's probably 65 are unique bottles as i have a few duplicates of some things Uh, but yeah there's probably 65 unique bourbons uh which is actually way more than i even thought i had
1: we have such different habits (laughs)
0: like for real
2: (laughs) so how long would 10 bottles of bourbon last in your in your house McLean? uh less than a month
1: but <laughs> if I have them, I'm not going and like searching for more. It's just like I got it. I'm good. I'm gonna
0: drink it till you finish it and go get some I Drink it. Yeah. About them up. Yeah. So now, I do have a few good ones that I haven't cracked yet, but I'm doing this dry January shit. So you, uh um, yeah, what do you what do you have? What did what did you get? I had a wit I got a Widow Jane. Oh nice. Yeah, they're good. Uh um, I did got a Bowman Brothers as a gift. I got um what else did I get over there? Uh, Nelson Brothers, I've never had that before. It's unopened. Redemption, I haven't had that before. It's unopened. I got a couple of others that I already have. Uh, Joseph P. Magnus, which is delicious. Um, so good. I got a, another bottle of uh, Welder Antique. Oh, so good. Yeah, I got two and a half bottles of that now, which is nice. Yeah, I'll help you do get through that half one if you want. <laughs>
1: Didn't drink that one by yourself yeah no one to drink where do you even find it like it's i the don't regular. these are all I gifts
0: i've got all mine wellers as gifts
1: i found one bottle of weller ever and it was um at costco it's just crazy it's great the liquor store right next to me has they got a couple bottles and they put it i mean what they're selling these bottles for is ridiculous i was up there um what yesterday or whatever it was uh, there a couple of days ago and they have stag. And I was like, Oh, what do what you go for that? It's like, ah, 600. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but I'm, no. I'm good. No, so
0: it's not that is. good.
1: No, nothing is. I'm not spending that much. Like if I could get a good bottle, I'll spend 50, 60 bucks on if I find something that's really good, but I'm not buying a ton of these bottles for hundreds of dollars. Like, I, I mean, it's funny i mean i'll be honest with you a lot of them once you find
2: what you like you can get like if you like 1792 like you can maybe step up to a couple you know a couple things that are on that similar or similar uh profile but like you're, there's no reason to just go buy expensive bottles just because it, i mean they, they probably most of them won't taste good to you um yeah
1: yeah so I you know it. it's like I've had lots of expensive liquor over my years, and there's been very few times where I've been like, "Oh, this might actually be worth the dollar." One of them was that tequila we had in uh, Orlando <laughs> last year. I'm in for that. Yeah, that's etni, uh, yeah, no Kronos. Yeah, that stuff was good. That stuff was good. Like, I, it's like, all right, I could on a special occasion, I could pony up a buck twenty for it. Um, <laughs> but like with bourbons the weller i'll pay for weller special reserve when i can find it but i'm not paying over 60 bucks for it um this knob nine i really enjoy and you can get it for 35 to 40 bucks uh 17.92 30 bucks like i i promise you i will enjoy it just as much
0: well of course because everyone has their own little different palette of what they like and the profiles yeah. and yeah what what could be good to me is not good to jay it's not good to you yeah. and so it's like, you, you it's pretty, just, pretty unique. So
2: you don't know until you try them though. I will say if you yeah. like knob nine, you need to find a way to get your hands on one of the, the 12 or the 15. The 18 is really good, but that's, you don't need to go that far. But no. the 12 is not that much
1: more expensive if you, if you can get it. And it is it's good. They had it. They have it up at my local store. It's like $62. That's a home, home run. You need to go buy it.
2: Yeah. You need to go buy two bottles, and the next time I see you, you can gift one to me. <laughs> I like that. I like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right, let's let's get a little golf action here, huh? We did have our first event of the twenty twenty four season, the century, our first signature event, Kapalua, and your winner is Chris Kirk at a whopping to what twenty nine under par. Uh, we'll get into some of the scores in the course in a little bit here, but uh general general take from Chris Kirk. He's turning into a. Uh, he's no longer a journeyman. I'm going to strip the journeyman. I felt like he used to be a journeyman. And I'm stripping that title from him. I'm not sure what category to put him in, but six wins, six wins. I mean. He's like a fringe guy. He's not
2: like a, he's not like an every week kind of guy. I think there's certain courses that match up with his game. He's very consistent. He's become a really good ball striker, playing that little sling and draw. And he's a, he's, he's a really good putter too. So, I mean, that, that never hurts. But, um, I don't know. I just, um, yeah, you see him play well on certain golf courses. Although I will say, this is kind of a big golf course, but I think because there was no wind. Um, it obviously played really easy. I know you want to get into that in a little bit, but um, I think that kind of changed things. The ball, if you catch some of the par fours and par fives on the, with the right slope and the balls just bounding down, they all end up hitting, hitting it to the same spot. So yeah, it seems like that was a little bit of the case with, with no wind uh, to defend the course a little bit. So, but I don't know. I, I kind of he's got a you know kind of a unique story um you know coming coming back and dealing with alcoholism and depression and and turned his game around. I think he's won 3 or 4 times since since that. So um is it 3 Mike?
0: Or Yeah, two? he's won he's won 3 since he won 3 early in his career and then he had all the issues and then was on the Corn Ferry tour and now since he's been back he's won uh 3 more times. Yeah. So I'm trying to pull well, the wins here.
2: Talking obviously they were teammates at, at Georgia and he was kind of sorry, speaking. four and,
0: four and two. I apologize. Four so f- kind of before his issues. Yeah.
2: And then two since. And then two yeah. recently. Okay. Um, so it's kind of a cool, cool thing to see. Um that that resurgence. I mean, he definitely definitely looks, you know, focused. He's kind of a quiet, quiet assassin, so to speak. And like I was mentioning. Kevin Kisner, they played together at Georgia, and and he was kind of speaking on how competitive Chris Kirk is. You know, he's one of the most competitive guys that he's played with. But, you know, you wouldn't see it watching him play. He just keeps to himself, does his thing, and um, obviously does
0: it really well. Yeah, I mean, definitely looking at his, you know, at least his last couple of wins, the golf courses Colonial and PGA National. So he won the Colonial in 2015. He won the Honda. Last year, which has a new, it's Cognizant this year, a new sponsor. Those are tight, tough driving, yeah. you know, low score wins, you know, or yeah. like a higher score, higher winning score, much different venue than, than Kapalua. But yeah. Yeah. I
2: wouldn't, I wouldn't have classified him as a guy that you would put at the top of the list for a shootout. Um, correct. Yeah. But yeah. you know, like I said, when you only have 50 guys, roughly 50 guys in the field and the normal defense of the golf course is win, and there's nothing there and, and guys, like I said, start hitting the ball from the same spot, then they take away some of the advantage of the longer hitters. And here we are. And it's an iron, iron contest and a putting contest.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I do feel bad. It, it's cool what he's gone through and he's overcome it, but I do feel bad that it's like always getting brought up now. It, it's like, you know, I mean, it's just going to follow him around. It seems like it's like the main talking point. You know, we were talking in the golf shop. It's like, hey, guys, just getting ready to win his biggest event of his career. Now, he has won a FedEx Cup playoff event, the Deutsche Bank back in the day, but, you know, I would argue to say this is a bigger event. They're close. Obviously, it's much bigger uh, dollars than it was uh, back it's, then, just it, 2014. No. Um, but it's like, hey, he's having one of the, highest moments of his career and everyone's going to bring up one of the lowest, lowest moments of his life. You know,
2: you know, I don't, I don't know if that, I mean, I think he's open about talking about it. It sounds like he's just, that's part of him and he's accepted it and he, you know, he, he doesn't mind talking about it. I think that's, it's probably for him. It was a, it it was a, it's a positive thing because it got him to where he is now and that's for him. That's what he needed to do to get, you know get get his obviously his, his life back together and, and his you know golf second secondly but obviously it's it's working out and paying off pretty good dividends yeah pretty good i mean um but the you know from the tournament standpoint i mean you know looking at the golf course i mean 29 under par obviously it did play extremely extremely easy
0: Yeah. I mean, like you said, there's no wind. Everything's funneling down to the same spots. Saw a lot of guys in divots this weekend because everyone's funneling down to the same spots. And you could just, even if they weren't in a divot, you could just see the area around it. It was just. Yeah,
2: Even in the rough, I I noticed guys were hitting balls in divots in the rough, which is weird. But you could just tell like that's where as the ball funnels down, you know, it through a you know through a fairway it's like all the you know say it's pitched really hard right to left the ball's just going to run down if it runs too hard it's going in the rough and all these balls are going into the same spot and you know you saw was it Speeth and was it harris english their balls were in a divot touching in the rough yeah i mean 300 and like like
0: 345 yards away
2: like that just goes to show like that this this that's not uncommon out there for balls is that yeah. all these balls are finishing
0: and in, in very similar spots, you know, and part of it is, I mean, it's a par 73, right? So that, that adds to the lower under par score, and, you know, and that's where, I, you know, I've always been one to say, I don't like these really deep low, cause I do like to see some resistance from a golf course and then an opportunity for someone to make a bogey and then another guy to make a birdie and have a, a two shot swing on a hole, you yeah. know, um, I mean, you could easily just change the par. And if, I mean, hell, you could, the fifth hole, I thought it was the sixth hole, but it's the fifth hole is a par five. Stroke average of 4.1. So sure there's some par fours that played, played harder than that. Yeah, uh, it's 526 yards. Just I mean, you can make that a par four in a heartbeat. Yeah. yeah it easy. was a pitch and putt for those guys. I mean, hell, you could talk me into 18 being a par four, even though it's 670 yards. Yeah. I mean, they were hitting irons in. Yeah. Like that that stroke average was 4.28. 677. I know the yardage doesn't really mean much with the slopes, but I I, I don't know. I mean, like, they could just change the par and next, you know, change it to 71. And then obviously you're like, oh hey, man, it's playing tougher. So it is it is all relative. Yeah you know it's but i wouldn't mind just a little bit more resistance in some form or fashion yeah. now it's I guess, and then it's for these guys it's probably hey it's it's easing to the season it's kind of a reward to be at least when it was the tournament champions it was a reward to be there uh, it still is that they've just expanded who gets rewarded going there yeah but it's
2: no, a no-cut event 50 plus guys who wouldn't want to play in an event like in hawaii
0: Oh, yeah, it's awesome. And I love I love watching it as a viewer, like we talked about last week, just kind of, you know, it's after Christmas, things are slowing down. It's sit at home when it's dark outside and you're looking outside watching waves and whales. And um, so it's a good. uh, Good kickoff to the season, just 29 under. I mean, what is it like? uh, Where was I here? Oh, please more good radio well shit, keep going i just lost what i had i'll say so you're try, you trying to find is
2: 29 under par or what were you
0: No, yeah, i was trying to find like if you finished like 20 under you were not even in the top 10.
2: like oh yeah no you were definitely not in the top 10. i mean after <laughs> the first day it was eight under and seven i was like it was like 15 guys at seven and eight under you know i was like yeah
1: one shot off the lead you were in eighth place I I enjoyed watching the tournament, though I will say, I mean, I I think it's a cool venue. This is one of the few events where the scoring fest is fun. I think it also provides because there are some opportunities to make some bogeys out there, but at the same time, you have the scores are changing quickly. I mean, you can be on top and make a double, and all of a sudden, guys making an eagle, and you can just have these massive uh, shifts out there, which I don't think you have the ability to have at other events. I mean, I, I and honestly, I'll say this. I like eighteen as a par five because guys can make eagle. You know, it can come down. You can be two back going into the last hole and tie the sure. lead. I uh, get that. There's some unique. It's uh, it's it's a very unique, um, host site to where, as much as we don't want to see guys just go extremely low, I'm good with it. There more than I am anywhere else. I just think it, there's a lot of drama that can happen, and that 18th hole has historically um provided a lot of that you know it 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 has there's been a lot of great shots a lot of great um eagles and birdies on that last hole to ultimately propel a guy into the winner's circle and i mean i'll say it's fun seeing this golf course because there's so much character to it taking the scoring out of it there's just so much character to it it is something we're seeing guys at 400 yard drives and all this stuff i mean it's cool it's fun distance is fun what
0: about uh four seventy four seventy seven from distance Max is Homo.
2: fun, hitting the hitting the ball far, balls that go far is fun. It is fun. I
1: mean mm-hmm. yeah, Max so Homo out of, all, out of all of them hitting it at four seventy seven is funny because he's not known as you know, one of the long, long he's hit. not short. He's not short by any stretch of the imagination, but he's not one of the guys like, oh big hitter stepping up, you know. So yeah. It was it was cool to see. I, I again, I enjoyed watching the tournament. I just think it's a cool venue. The yeah. views are incredible. Um, there's just a lot of a lot of fun. I think that's had at that event.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I ultimately I agree with you. I guess I'm just maybe picking some nits. At,
1: Doesn't sound some, like you. Some, of
0: course, uh, a, a little bit in the scoring. But you know, I mean, there was only the entire field. There was only uh, 291 bogeys it's not a lot. Yeah. And if you and if you finished at twenty under this week, you were um you were like uh T twenty five. Yikes. Yeah yikes. Yeah, I'm with it. <laughs> I'm with you. So um what'd you guys make of anyone else in the field? Uh Scotty Scheffler? Hit it awesome. Putted not awesome.
2: I mean, what, it wasn't. I I know that statistically it wasn't great, but I mean, it it did look like he putted the ball better than he's been putting it. Um, let's let's just say compared to last year. I mean, like I said, it wasn't great. It looked better. I mean, for the most part, it looked like he made some better strokes. And from a mechanical standpoint, you know, the things that him and Phil have been working on, he's it looks like he's making some improvement. I know his biggest thing was like kind of dragging the handle to the left and the heel staying low, toe getting up and not really hitting the butt solid. It looked like he hit them more solid. Um yeah, he K- definitely has hit better. Yeah. Kisner called him out and said he still looks pretty open with his shoulders.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, which he is probably not helping
2: that. But
1: yeah, I, I heard uh, that same thing Jay said, you know, his, his feet are closed, his shoulders are open. And I think that's that's a lot of you know why he doesn't get that ball in the hole a little better than he does around the greens or on the greens. Um, yeah think Kenyon I would,
0: would pick up on that,
1: I mean, maybe he maybe he is, and he just can't like
2: when he gets on the, in the on the course he just reverts back to it um, but yeah, I mean, I would say uh, historically m- most of the really good putters tend to set up open with their their feet and more square to square to open with their shoulders, not you rarely see anybody set up with their shoulders open and their feet closed. that's kind of a weird weird stance and it visually i think it messes with you because i don't care who you are when you look down at the ball and you look at your your from your peripheral vision you're going to look at your feet and if your feet are aiming in a weird way uh i think it makes it difficult to get the ball started online i know that's not i know people aren't uh you know predominantly using their foot line to get their putts started online but it is uh more of a subconscious thing you look down and you're you feel like your feet are relatively square and it's easier to get the ball starting the line you want but if you set up with closed feet is a weird thing in putting i feel like Um, it is so you
0: almost never see it
2: you'd never see that i mean i go back to all the putters that you know that you i mean think of clutch putters jack you know obviously ben crenshaw you know bobby lock all these guys none of them really set up you know like that with with the close feet. That was kind of a weird thing. And then uh, Brad Faxon, one of the you know greatest putters of all time, he sets up one with a square to slightly open open, you know, you know, stance. So Crenshaw was the same way. Something, something for him to kind of build on. You know, like I said, he's doing some things better, but maybe that's something to just keep working in there.
0: On the other hand, Jordan Spieth, on the back of his putting. You know, you look at his numbers. He finished first in the field this week in putting. He was 35th off the tee, 17th approach the green, 22nd around the green, and finishes solo third, mainly because of his putting. Um. So that's, I think that's a big sign for for Jordan. Now, again, it's one event, but if he can get his putting back, because we all know we've talked about it a bunch, how. When he was winning those majors and that went on that three, four, five year run there, he he was making everything. You know, it yes. was you know, he did miss a shorty while Kisner was critiquing him. He missed a shorty. And we'll get the Kisner Kisner more in a little bit, but uh yeah. So if he can tighten up, you know, the iron play a little bit mainly, and obviously the driver for him is I think is a big one too. But he's always yeah. been, even when he was struggling, he was always been a pretty good iron player. It was just the driver started to get wayward and his putting was shit. So, I don't know. I, I'm a big Jordan Spieth fan, so it was good to see him up in contention. It's always a wild ride watching him. Same you know, with think, the gala. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I think with uh, Spieth, with the putting, um, uh, not to say that he didn't, I mean, obviously putted really well. I just think the speed of the greens really... Helped him this week I, when he, especially for somebody who has gone up and down with his putting. Obviously, he's a great putter historically, but he's been with the short ones. He's kind of up and down. And I feel like when he gets on greens that are slower, where he can be a little bit more aggressive because he typically is a little bit more aggressive with those shorter putts. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes it a little easier because he's not quite as worried about jamming that that putt by five or six feet like he will on some of the the faster-paced greens, but they had to slow the greens down just with the intent of the wind coming in, and it just didn't really happen. Okay. So they, they never really got him up to you know really what they wanted, and I think they were still tentative to get him too fast. But I don't know. That was just one thing I picked up on. I was like, you know, looking back at some of the times that he's played well, it's
0: historically been on greens
2: that, you know, stay below 12, you know, stay below 11 and a half.
0: Yeah, well, he's and, played well at Opens, right? He's won an Open, had another top five at an Open. Yeah. A couple of high finishes, which typically are always slower greens over
2: there. Just to get people yeah. Well, I think it's just that's the, it naturally they just never can get that fescue really fast.
0: Yeah. Um, and they have high winds in, and yeah, it's the same thing, the high winds. And then his US his US open at Chambers Bay, the greens were you know, they were kinda bumpy. Slow they and they were kind of slow. Gruddy. You know, it wasn't Oakmont. There, yeah. So uh Yeah, there's definitely some merit to to that argument. But if he can be around more, I'm in. I'm in for it. He's going to win twice this year.
1: Mm -hmm. I'll
0: say it.
2: Did he win at all? Did he win one last year? I don't think he won. He was close a Um, lot. but I don't think he won last year.
0: God, I feel bad. I should know that. Uh, I felt like he did. I know he won the year before at Valero. He was in the mix. He was in the mix a decent amount. No, no wins. year year prior. Seven top tens.
2: Trending. Trending.
0: Trending. Trending. So, yeah. Um, anyone else? Surprise you that Pavlin went away from Joe Mayo? We texted, we texted <laughs> a little bit wh- about this. Yeah,
2: I'm not, I'm not surprised. I think, um, you know, obviously I've never met Joe, but based on his, um, you know, some of his posts and, and his history, you know, the, you know, Mike you used to follow him on, on Twitter, Trackman maestro, very opinionated, uh, very forward, forward with his thoughts, which he is at this point, which I think a lot of it, there's a lot of merit to what he was saying, but I think, um, I think, he maybe is is getting a little too big for Hovland in a sense that he's like, Look, I got what I needed. Thank you for your help. But I don't need I need to be attached to this day in and day out. Because I there's definitely a little mini war going on amongst, you know, instructors and short game specialists about how bullish he is on the technique. And I think Victor's like, I, I don't need to be in this. I just want to be golf. part of your
0: petty argument here.
2: Yeah, like- I just want to win tournaments, man. And thanks for your help. You you cleaned me up a little bit. Like,
0: let me just keep going. <laughs> And then, of course, Hovland has been going around, you know, Hovland bones that one, that one um, greenside bunker shot. I forget what hole it was. and He just sails the thing way over the green into the hazard. And that was actually his, own, his old pattern there. Um, yeah, That that got him in trouble, but it was just kind of like, oh, shit, he drops mayo and look at it. Here we go. The old is over there. the green. They're bone and shit over the green. Ball was still going up as it went over the flag.
1: That's still going when it is going up went over the TV
0: tower. Is yeah.
1: some of that in relation to, you know, Joe being Joe? It seems like he's gotten a lot more vocal since he's had the success with Hovland and you got to wonder if that played any part of it. Um
0: Yeah, his his, his yeah. social media presence has been like every day now ever since it came out that he was working with Hovland and it was successful. It's like he's all over it where if you like if you go dig in in his social media a little bit there was like no activity for a long time. And now he's like back doing Joe Mayo things. He's like, he's got his, he's got his own confidence back as an instructor. Like, and, you know, uh, I heard a report that maybe he was kind of suffocating Victor a little bit, you know, even at events, he just kind of wouldn't leave his side and wouldn't leave him alone. And
2: yeah, I think that, and Victor's kind of one of those guys that's he's super laid back guy, but I think, and he probably put up with it a little longer than he wanted to. And he's probably at one point. He's like, "All right, man." He's like, "You're a good dude, but you helped me. I don't. I don't even know if he's a good dude, but you helped me. I appreciate it, but I need. I need some space." And the other thing is, I I have seen him on the range with Victor, and I'm pretty sure that Victor's got his own help when it comes to golf swing. I honestly don't know who it is, but I don't think it's. I don't think it was Joe Mayo.
0: No, it definitely no. wasn't Joe. I'm not sure who it is though. Off the top yeah. of my head.
2: And I'm wondering if he, Joe, started, you know, it's funny uh, it, to have a short game. It's one thing to have a putting coach and then a full swing coach because they're so different. But here, I got my wedge coach where it, like, blends into pitch shots and it blends into, you know, f- you know, three-quarter wedges. Now we're starting to talk about my full golf swing. I'm like,
0: all right, all right, we're, we're overstepping here, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was just kind of – Interesting as far as some of the other news and notes from the week, um, as far as some of the contenders, uh, so we brought up we brought up Kisner. What would you guys think? I mean, okay,
1: that's, I yeah. Think also, it's his first go round at it. Um, you know, he's not near as polished as the other guys were. I think that was very evident. I. I liked a lot of his takes. I liked a lot of the information he was able to provide on the backside of it. Like there, there are certain things that I enjoyed about it. Do I think the TV execs are like, we need to start grooming him? No, I don't, I don't see that as being the case. I don't think that they necessarily, um, felt like he's polished up enough to be potentially the face of NBC sports when it comes to golf. So while I enjoyed some of his takes, because I like the inside approach that he's able to take and the other relationships that he has. I don't feel like it was the polished image that they're trying to provide. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Maybe maybe
2: not. I mean, it's, he is much more, um, I would, I would, I was going to use the word laid back, but I wouldn't even call it laid back. I would, um, you know, unhinged you know untethered like kind of just says whatever he wants to say whenever he says it and and like you're right though when it comes to a commentating you know standpoint like yes he doesn't know when to st- say something when not to say something how the interaction between his his co-host and you know maybe the the other mics on the ground like that the that's i think maybe a formality that w- that will just get fixed with time but i think you're right he kind of reminds me a little bit of of tony romo uh, in a sense that he's just—he's got a relationship with the players. He's still uh, uh, involved enough. Where he knows all the guys. He's got stories that, to tell, you know, experiences with the with the guys that are playing. I think that's super cool. And obviously, he's you know been a successful player. And he's kind of funny. He's witty. He's kind of a kind of an asshole sometimes, which I think he he kind of knows it. And I think it's it's kind of funny for the listeners. Cause he can tell some stories, tell some jokes. And I think, I think it's actually pretty good. I think, uh, like you said, I don't know if they're ready to, you know, you know, make him, you know, the, one of the lead uh, analysts for, Well, I don't think DC he Sports. is. Either. I
0: mean, he still wants to, wants to play a lot. He so still I think wants it's... to play, but
2: I think it's, it's definitely worth getting him in, you know, 10 events a year and, just getting a little bit different point of view and having a different voice, like I said, having those stories and those interactions and the history with the players that are on that are on the course is pretty cool. You get some inside, inside, an inside scoop. Whereas, like Paul Azinger, Nick Faldo, I mean, those guys are so far removed. While they do have a great playing history, they haven't played competitively for 25 years. You know, so it's you're a little bit removed from the strategy and the mentality of the guys today. And he's still. Close enough to where he knows those guys And what they're thinking I think it's pretty cool
0: Yeah I mean I I thought it was really good I might be the highest of it on, on the pod here And I actually was the one that was kind of Cynical about it When it got announced because I was just worried It was going to be too much of the You know Unhinged version of Kevin Kisner trying to make everyone laugh And you know And I'm sure they Had a little bit of a Talking with him, you know, like, hey, kids, watch, watch what you say. I, I thought he was... The, the first day, it seemed like he was nervous. His uh, his energy was a little low to, to me. I think he was just unsure of himself to an extent. But I thought he got better as the weekend went on. I love the tidbits. He got pretty nerdy at times, too, which I think is good. I think, you know, it. some of it might go over some of the listeners' heads. But I think don't talk to the listeners like they're f- complete fucking idiots. And there's too much, too many captain obviouses on golf yeah. broadcast nowadays. And I so agree. he was Le- giving you some different stuff. Some you can let the host stuff. make those,
2: sorry, not to interrupt you, but you no. can let the host make those obvious comments. I mean, the, these are the hosts are the, are, are there to, to kind of set, tee it up and set it up for the analyst. And, and they are going to make those obvious comments and let you know, Kisner and the, the analysts get in there and give some the nitty gritty and, and the dirt. And, and it's okay, I think, to nerd out. I think yeah. that's really cool. Just, just go ahead, Mike. Just No, and, and like
0: point. you guys were saying, he's he's still an active player. So these are some of his best friends. He plays practice rounds with them. He's plays, you know, in Georgia and and all the time with these guys, especially there's so many University of Georgia guys on tour that they're all this big fraternity still out there. You know, and so he gives you tidbits that other guys were just not going to give you. So I think overall, I was very, very, it exceeded my expectations, especially because I was a little leery of how it was going to shake out. But I thought it was it was really good. Uh, And he has that. He wasn't scared to critique. Right. He wasn't scared to critique the number one player in the world. You know, when Jordan Smith missed that three footer and then, you know, Jordan was taken forever over the ball and. He Kisner is not sitting there watching, he's commenting, like, Come on, let's go. And then Jordan misses it, and he's like, Oh, well, man, the, the wind and then the grain. And Kizner's like, Come on, man, it's three feet, just put it in the hole. Like,
1: yeah, I, he's, love, I love some of that. He is, he, uh,
2: he will, he will, he will voice his opinion. I think I've told, I've told this story of Kisner. I don't know if I've told on this podcast or not, but he used to work with, uh, with my longtime golf coach, Ricky Sullivan him and Scott Brown Scott and him are good, good buddies, but you know, kids and kids and I played a few years on the mini tours uh and with Scott and before they kind of worked their way up through uh corn ferry and so forth. But, you know, we used to work for the, with the same teacher. And then when we first started working together, you know, Ricky was like, Hey, you know, kids and I work with this guy, Jay Woodson, you know, him. He's like, Oh yeah, I know him. He's like, great swing. Can't, great swing. Can't play. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, Fuck you, buddy. You know, (laughs) you asshole. But that's, you know, that's his way of being funny, you know. I think, you know, it's just, that's just him. That's, he he says stuff like that all the time. Um, And he's not afraid to like say what he's thinking.
0: Um, And I think, yeah, pissed me off. I was like, I'll go play you right now, dude. Let's go. (laughs) But, and I think, He's a ball buster, right? That's his personality. That's who he is. And so when, if he is doing the telecast and making a comment like that and it gets back to Spieth or, you know, his good buddies with Chris Kirk and he said, you know, a couple of those putts, oh, those look a little nervy. He's under the pressure. If those guys go like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. Kevin yeah. he's not going to back down. He's going to be like, yeah, Jordan is 3 feet fucking he should have made it in it it. the hole. Like you should have made it. Like <laughs> so they already understand that Kisner is going to say whatever Kisner thinks and he's a ball buster and he's going to give everyone a hard time and
2: and does it when to everybody.
0: You, when you have that label, you, you kind of get away with some more things. I can I I, I like it myself. I'm kind of a ball buster and I say a lot of shit to people and it's a and it's a joke and it's funny and it's not that like he has that repertoire that respect with these guys that he can make those comments that some of the other analysts and broadcasters maybe are maybe are just a little to bit do. more nervous to, to say. Yes. And so I think he's comfortable like, yeah, these guys aren't, they're going to keep talking to me. They're not going to be pissed off and, you know, at me. Yeah. Cause he tells it like it is at, at all times. So it's no different than the normal Kisner. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think it'll be
2: fun to to listen to him. I, I w- I'll turn it on again when he's on. Yeah, absolutely. Sure.
1: Yeah. I'll definitely, I, I like hearing his perspective for all the reasons that you guys just mentioned, um, I think he would make a g- better on course reporter than he Could. does in the booth. Yep. Yeah. I think that's where he offers more. I, I really liked him and Smiley playing off each other. Um, yep. I'll say Smiley Kaufman, my new favorite golf reporter. He's fantastic. He is really, really good. He's, he's good, but he doesn't criticize that much. He doesn't because that's, that's, That's not his personality. Yeah, that's not his personality. Um, That's not his job. Kisner, one, you also have to look at it from this perspective. Smiley needs this job. (laughs) Kisner does not. That's not a knock on Smiley, but it's realistic at the same time. Smiley's looking to submit a long-term deal here. This is how he stays in the game. It's how he stays relevant. It's how he pays his bills. Uh, And I'm sure they're being paid very healthily with, you know, what some of these reporters are making now. But on the backside of that, Kiz is doing this somewhat for fun. You know, he doesn't need this. He's made an ass of money on tour, and he's still planning on doing so. He's not done playing, Um, and he's nowhere near done playing, quite frankly. I mean, that that was the one thing that I found a little bit unique, and I, I liked that they did it. But this guy's not at the tail end of his career. Um, yeah. He's still very competitive, still plays well in a lot of events. I mean, what's his world golf ranking right now? It's got to be inside the top 50, I would imagine. Or, or right no,
2: of it. He, he had a really bad 2023. So it's it's dropped Maybe off quite a bit. Maybe yeah. he did.
0: I'll find it. He has had a rough patch here um, the last year, two years. But no, I, I, again, I thought it was overall, it was good and ew.
1: 230th. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. What is he? 200 plus? 230th. But I mean, he's made $30 million on tour. Oh, yeah. Um, To pay a lot for 20th, he says. Yeah, and he's made two-thirds of his cuts. uh, Literally dead on two-thirds of his cuts. He's made 199 cuts. He's played in 299 events. I mean, dead on two-thirds of his uh, cuts. But the guy's a four-time PGA Tour winner. I don't think he's looking at slowing down anytime soon. The one thing I thought was unique was... You know him wearing all the logos for NBC Sports. I, that just that looked odd, and you got to yeah. wonder how his we, sponsors. The shirts grew looked,
2: about that. the shirts looked big and oversized. They didn't really yeah. fit in. It was like they yeah. just. It yeah. was weird Here's to see a couple extra ones we got.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it was unique to say the very least.
0: Yeah, I mean, last year he only played. He played 18 events. He had two WDs. I think he was dealing with some health stuff, some injuries. And He only made half his cuts. Yeah. So, I mean, he he finished 202nd in the FedEx Cup. so yeah,
1: not a good year for him.
0: He's playing on some sort of, you know, past champions um, exemption. Yeah, that's fair. So, he had a decent season prior. He had one runner-up, five top tens. You know, made 13 of 24 cuts with a withdrawal. So, you know, a little better there, but last year was was pretty rough you know he split with his caddy um dwayne brown but it seems like he was he was referencing talking to him on the driving range so it, you know and joking with him so it seems like they split amicably i'm not sure what was behind that they just needed a change of pace or whatever it was so um we'll uh we'll see what happens with kids in his game um Moving forward, but I do look forward to him being in the booth, especially if they can get him for these like signature events that he's not going to qualify for or could not qualify. He, he's, no, he's not in the, in the field, any of the fields right now, obviously, with how poorly he played. So if he's yeah. not in the field, put him in the booth, you know?
1: Yeah, so I'm too. good with that.
0: Or on the course, like you said, or on the course. And they could be trying that out at too at some point.
1: That's where I think it would be. Unique to hear his take on the course. I mean, I just, I just think that that's where he, he's going to fit in a little bit better. All
0: right. So one other real quick tidbit, I don't even have much to say on this. The reports were John Rom was in Maui this week on a family vacation, and apparently he wasn't staying at Kapalua, but it was like the next resort over, and he bumped into a bunch of people regarding with you know, tour officials. Players, caddies, broadcasters—he kept bumping into people. John, that's weird. What the fuck are you doing? Why did you pick this week to go to Hawaii? To Maui? At I, least I'm—I'm—I'm I'm,
2: I'm guessing he already was planning on going, and then—and then just when he changed, he's like, "All right, we're still going." He probably had family that's he invited, and he's like, "I'm just gonna go." But it is weird. Like, just a, a weird time to follow through. Like, let's just alter. I mean, like, he can't. Okay, I know you're gonna have a have to pay a change fee, but I'm sure you can maybe and go. He can to
0: afford a... it. He just signed a six hundred million dollar deal. <laughs> I think like, he can go, go all, to a different resort. Even if he had paid for the fucking trip in full for forty mem- family members, he can still just you know flush it down the toilet and go another time. Like, hey guys, we're not going. Apparently, a few of the players and and. Obviously, tour officials were not that thrilled to see him. I guess there was some mixed, mixed reactions from some of the players that he happened to be there. And then there was one report I heard that he even called on the tournament officials to like help him get some sort of reservation somewhere. Interesting. Really? Yeah. He like <laughs> called the century tournament officials to help him get some sort of reservation for the dudes. I don't like, know why if it was for dinner you, or yeah. They're like, what the fuck are you doing?
2: So, yeah, I mean I don't blame you for going over there, but don't don't call me asking me for, for help for with help. like reservations. Yeah. Like you got a, you got enough money that you can find a way to get a
0: spot somewhere. Yeah, you can buy the restaurant. Yeah. God. Read the room, pal. <laughs> okay, <No kidding. laughs> dude. So, anyways, this is a really odd tidbit. It's just kind of a little wild there. So, um, all right, let's get into speaking of live, let's get into Rory's comments. Uh, they're about a week old now. I think that came out, uh, right after we did the podcast last week. And so I'm, I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, I'm not going to go through and read all the the quotes again. Um, I kind of said this to you guys via text. I think the headlines were wildly overstated and wrong. I, I don't think it was some sort of, I think golf magazine used the title stunning reversal. I read everything that he said. I even watched some of the clips of the actual podcast interview. I wouldn't consider it much of a reversal as much of it was Opening. is, Hey, yeah, it was a, what did I have phrase it to you guys? A, a reluctance acceptance that the Saudis will be involved in the ecosystem of golf just because of all their money. He didn't come out and say, yeah, lives a great product. It's awesome what they're doing. They're growing the game. This is amazing. Like, he just kind of was like, yeah, well, the Saudis are going to be involved, whether we like it or not, essentially. And I'm just kind of loosely paraphrasing and my take on what it is. Yeah, they're going to be here because they have all the money, way more money than we do. So we pretty much have to have them involved. And yeah, I was sorry. I overreacted to some of my buddies that went at first and didn't look at it from their point of view because I've made a shit ton of money and they haven't. And yeah, yeah, I, I thought some of the headlines were I- incorrect. Yeah,
2: they they maybe took it. I mean, just because he had he had he was so adamant about how bad it was, and then I I don't think he had much of a choice. And I think a lot of it just stems from money. And we talked about his um, his involvement with the PGA Tour and how much that fills his pocket, and how a lot of his sponsorships are run through the PGA Tour, and a lot of the deals that he has uh, are, are run through the PGA Tour. So. With with that being said, if he thinks that there's an opportunity for that to continue, and if it needs to be a partnership with 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 Live Golf, then sure, he's going to support that. And if it if it's inevitable, but um, he he did show a, a few other he did comment on a few other things like the team aspect of it. I think he's really intrigued by that. He commented on that a couple times that he he thinks it could work. Uh, he thinks so. Needs to be less events. I think he he used eight events, eight in the spring, eight in the fall, Before, yeah, and four in the really, spring, four in the fall. Yeah, I'm sorry, four in the spring, four in the fall, and really hone in on the team aspect aspect of it, um, which I don't I don't think are bad comments. I think less is more for stuff like that, but it needs to be just enough. It can't be just one odd, uh, you know, one off event. If you're gonna have a team team for and we we've gone over and over on that stuff but um he he did support that he thinks that it could work and i think the other thing that i thought was kind of um unique is that, that he's really he really is getting behind the idea of bringing back uh the national open like the Canadian Open, the Irish Open, the, the obviously British Open, the U.S. Open are still big, but the South African Open, then the Australian Open. He thinks it should be a fifth major. He thinks it's so good. So I don't know. It's kind of cool. And like to to make this, he he said, make this more of a world tour with the backing um, or or the the uh, predominantly, you know, supported by the by America. You know, most of the events in America, but have this kind of a worldly tour, 20 to 22 events really high and elevated events, you know, that maybe 100 guys qualify for. Um which you know, I think we've probably talked about that you know, even before this pod that we think that would be a a good thing and uh, to kind of get all of the guys, all of the top players playing in the same event more and more, but uh, nope, he, he definitely had some more comments uh that that kind of supported what they're doing, but like you said, not like a not like a full fledged approval. And I I love this, but it was okay. They, they, they have some good ideas here. I mean, the the world tour is Greg Norman's idea. I mean, he's had that
0: for 30 years. Um, And then this might not matter with the Saudis involved and how much money they have. And again, the the PJ tour also doesn't want to give them let them invest so much money because they don't want to have the majority ownership being the, the Saudis. But a world tour will not work for the TV partners, <laughs> right? The the C- CBS and NBC, the American broadcast partners, which I would have to assume are paying more than any other broadcast partner, they're not going to go I mean, I for events being on in the middle of the night in Korea, in South Africa, in Australia, because the ratings just aren't going to be there. And I would think if they had this announced this world tour, then... CBS and NBC, you're gonna make a phone call like, wait a minute, we're tearing up this contract and we're paying you way less money. Now the money might not matter if they have enough. Yeah. You know, from the, may not the need it. strategic sports group and and the PIF. They might not need it, but they're they're gonna take uh, umbrage with, wait a minute, you want you want us to televise an event that's gonna be live at three o'clock in the morning when everyone's asleep, you know, and we have to rely on people watching the replays you know tape delayed and so again these days yeah which is pointless these days so you know that's that's the one issue i see there um with it and again i I, i'm all for kind of tearing it all down and restarting i've said that It, it pretty much has to at this point yeah you're right from a from a broadcast standpoint
2: um yeah from from it doesn't make any sense like yeah but if 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 the Piff, you know, say, "Hey, look, this is how much money we have. We're going to make it work because this is what we want to do." Then, yeah, then it, then it does matter. Then you're, then now you're depending on you know a little bit of uh, ABC, CBS, and then you've got Sky Sports or whatever it is in the Europe, and then that's pretty much yeah. it. <laughs> I yeah, any, I don't know any any other networks that would that would pick that stuff up.
0: So uh, you know, again, I, I think you, you've seen Rory kind of soften his stance as. Not coming out as aggressive, bashing it like he did the first, you know, call it 18 months of this or two years of this battle. But I think some of the comments were, you know, you, you saw and the other thing that pissed me off was like Greg Norman and Phil Mickelson were like flaunting around on social media like they were taking like a victory lap. I'm like, guys, he never said your product is good. He never said your tour is like real competitive golf. Like he just said, you guys have all the money. Like, that's but essentially what he said. Still,
1: <laughs> I think still, though, and I, I agree with everything that you guys have said, but I also think that there's definitely some some reversal feelings. I mean, from saying that he would quit golf before he played for Liv, um, to now actually embracing it. And it feels like, yeah, he got backed into a corner a little bit. I still don't
0: think he, he embraced Live though. Not
1: embraced it, but it, it, he, from what he was saying, it was an embrace. It was that much of a different uh feeling or a a, a different uh take on what their product is and, and who who they have and what it looks like. To me, it feels a lot like the tour said, Hey, look, this is I mean, I, I look at it and say, did they come out and say, look, Roy, we're gonna to have to partner with them. We are doing this. We need you to be on board. And making a statement would make a lot of sense for us and it would help the overall partnership and the merging of these two brands. That to me is what I feel like a lot of it was. Um again, oh, I don't have I, well, any oh, truth behind that.
2: I guarantee that's that conversation happened. Like I said, I don't I don't know the exact percentage, but like we said, a lot of the a lot of the sponsorship money that he brings in uh, is intertwined with the PJ Tour. So if the PGA tour is going to make that deal happen and that's going to make him money he's not going to completely bash it he's going to find a way to sure, crack yeah. the crack the door open and put his foot through to make it you know he's not going to come out full fledged like i love this tour but i think he's going to he's going to open the door a little bit plant the seed like okay it's not i mean i don't want to play there but it's not that bad and then maybe in 6 months it's like oh i mean i maybe i'd play in a co-sanctioned event and you know, oh yeah the tour's great <laughs> you know yeah. i feel like that yeah that's what we're going to see in the next, you know, 12 to 18 months.
1: I think that's real life.
0: Yeah. I I just don't, I hate team golf. I don't want team golf. It's dumb. <laughs> stupid. Keep it out of my. I got enough team sports. Golf's an individual sport. It's mm. going to be dumb however they do it. It is I, I mean I I do like the idea of it. Um
2: but it is uh cuz I'm a team sport guy. I mean, I I Love playing team sports, but I also did play an individual sport for 15 years. But you're right. I mean, th- there's you, you're not really playing with any other player. It's like you're literally just playing your own game and then, hey, adding your roundup. It's like you play a game by yourself. I'll play our game, and then we'll just add our scores at the end. We're not really working together at all. Yeah, it's not it's really just, a team
0: sport. Yeah, Now, we now wear if they, the same shirt and hat, and that's the extent yeah. of it.
2: If you did it like a Ryder cup format where you was like, you know, you were, you were uh doing alternate shot or, or best ball. And that's, that's different. You know, well, yeah, I think you working.
0: if they had events like they had, so they changed it this year, which I don't think it was as good. And I think one of the biggest positives I'll say about live over the last two years is their team final last year and their first season was the most intriguing compelling there was no individual aspect it was just the team thing and they had the matches and there had to be some strategy and there was the singles match and then there was the best balls match and then like you know it was oh, yeah. okay that's that's cool and different um or it was an alternate shot match i forget what it was but that's actual team golf not like hey we're gonna play an individual event individual purse is four times a team purse we'll add up some things it's like doing us doing a little side thing on this on the side like I do in my freaking member guest tournaments you know like there's the main event then we're gonna have this little satellite thing over here you know doesn't really matter because the individual matters the most and it's like oh but you guys were in the same hat so you guys are on the same team because these for cocktail teams that we don't know how they're made and how it all goes down it's like how do you expect us to take team golf seriously It's just, and that's why Rory did say, if you're going to do team golf, do team golf and lean into it. I think we've kind of said that a lot, Um, but I I hope in my golf future that it's team golf is non-existent. So, anyways, let's uh, move on to some of the other big news that came out yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Yes, Tiger and Nike have officially split. There were rumors for a while, no laying up, kind of put that out there back in uh, December that they were splitting. It is the case, uh, Nike and Tiger are done. I have sources um, that tell me that TaylorMade is starting a apparel brand, and I am willing to bet Tiger Woods goes there. That's just my hunch. So uh, it would make it takes, sense
2: it would make sense i mean i mean he's he's committed to the taylor made brand for sure i mean he's in every commercial so it would you know t- tiger can do whatever he wants i don't think he's obligated to wear you know tailor made gear you know apparel but um yeah it would certainly make sense you know speaking of that i i i'm sure that tiger his logo that tw logo is 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 his logo not it is Taylor his. Made. it is his logo like i didn't know if there's something that uh, nike made and used so he can so we can still see that that, that tiger woods logo which would would give us some <laughs> some sense
0: of uh resemblance to what he's to what he's had for a while i saw I somebody posted imagine. there was a uh uh the tw logo nike hat on ebay for like hundred and eighty dollars, like, really? Yeah, it was like getting bit up. People were trying to buy this hat because they think they're not going to be able to. You're going to still be able to get that TW logo hat, I think. It's just going to have, It's not going to have a Nike logo. It's on. not going to have a Nike swoosh. And so it seems like they split amicably. You know, uh, Nike has has put out some things. You know, thanking Tiger for. You know, so it doesn't sound like it was a, you know, a bad split, or they were in some serious negotiations, and you know, got ugly. I wonder. I mean, other than maybe just
2: they're like, "Hey, we can't pay you this much. You don't play anymore." But I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 I don't know what the the real story is. If yeah. someone initiated it, it's not like they equally said, "Hey, let's split at the same time."
0: Sure. Absolutely. Somebody.
2: There's some, somebody you know planted the seed and said, "Hey, you know, what do you think about this?" You know, either whether it's Tiger or someone at Nike, Nike Golf. And I know Nike Golf has taken a step back, and they're now partnering with, you know, Cleveland Strixon. So all Cleveland Strixon staff guys are going to be, you know, decked out with with Nike gear head to toe, which is a very unique thing, I, I think, for – I mean, Cleveland Strixon, their equipment is great. Um, uh, I, I, a lot of people love that golf ball. A lot of people love their irons um, and obviously the Cleveland wedges. But I would put them – You know, definitely outside the top three or four uh, of club manufacturers, you know, outside of, uh, you know, TaylorMade, you know, Titleist, Callaway, Hang. Hang. I mean, I think they would be sit outside of those and they may even be outside the top five if you throw, you know, some others, you know, I don't. Well, I I would say they probably sit at fifth in fifth place. So it's just a weird, I don't know. It's just a weird dynamic. I'm sure you get, we'll get used to it, seeing those guys wear Nike and them partnering up, but I always think it's kind of a you know i think of like Adidas and taylor back in the day it was like they just went together like that was for like 15 cobra years cobra puma yeah cobra puma um it was like they just went together so and I always nike was just kind of its standalone thing um just to see them kind of pat, uh, pair up with you know with with cleveland Strixon, i think would be a little weird but uh, you know i don't know i'm just back to tiger though i'm curious to see what what the reason was I mean, obviously we saw the writing on the wall there when he started wearing the the foot joys I mean, how weird is that? Like you, you, you have your own shoe, your own shoe with Nike and you don't wear it. Like, can't you tell them to make <laughs> the shoe the way you want? Just copy the, copy yeah, the foot joy and then just wear those. Like what, how, how does that even, what's going on? Especially so something, you knew something company,
0: was going on there. Started as a shoe company, you know? Yeah. Then start as an apparel company that also makes shoes. Like you see sometimes it's, yeah. you know, it's a shoe company. You think they would have some pretty good people that making shoes. And you know, so maybe out. that was maybe that was the start of it. They
2: were just Good like about. they're like, hey, dude, like, come on, what's going on? Why are you I mean, we can make you a
0: shoe. Why aren't you wearing what we made for you? You're the one who designed it and now you don't like it. <laughs> yeah. It, that, that whole thing was weird. I, I understand, you know, he gets in the crash and, you know, things change and he needs something different out of a shoe. But the fact that they they couldn't make something that he liked was odd. It was really weird. I can like us like we said, I mean, it's one thing to
2: wear it for A couple weeks you know like hey we've got something coming you know this particular shoe or this particular brand has a little wider sole and it's more stable for tiger's foot at the moment we just don't have anything made yet but we can make something and they just maybe they just say you know what we're not going to do it because that's not our brand and see you later which i don't know i feel like
0: i would try to find a way to i would almost guarantee whatever he does next i think he'll have some sort of equity whatever company he has next a la a jordan brand kind of thing yeah. oh yeah you know I'll, maybe I'll, not directly jordan brand but he'll he'll have some of it i'm surprised he hadn't had that set up to begin with with nike you know because of how instrumental he was in, in growing their golf business and people were buying nike stuff pretty much because of tiger woods i mean even though nike was around you know hell there was curtis strange was wearing Nike and Sevi was wearing Nike back in the day, but he put them on the map. And I, I was always kind of curious why he never got that sweetheart deal that Jordan kind of did. Um, I think they knew maybe right not they as made,
2: lucrative they made that deal with Jordan. They knew that was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't say mistake. It was obviously great because it turned out really well for everybody, but they're like, Oh man, think about all the money that we were giving Michael Jordan still to this day. <laughs> I mean, he's a billionaire. Because of that. Oh well over a billionaire now. But I I wonder if that had anything to do with like, hey, we're not doing any no there's no deal anymore where any guy gets any equity
0: in equity. the in the company. <laughs> Those are over. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. McLean, any thoughts?
1: Not on that subject.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you I'm can't talk you can't talk Tiger and Nike?
1: No? You know. Okay. Not Greek good though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's recusing himself from that discussion, but we had to talk about it because it's a big deal that Tiger and that swoosh have been synonymous for seven years. Time. So it'll be uh, weird to see him in, in something different again. Not like we see him all that much, but still, still odd. So. All right, let's get to the uh, let's get to our picks. Sony open.
1: I do um, need you to make sure that your sources have nothing to do with me. You need to confirm that I am not your source. On
0: the that. the the rumor about Taylor Made starting an apparel brand is all over the internet. So uh, I didn't break any news there, unfortunately. I am also not your source. Okay, not my not your source. I'll use the internet sleuths um, <laughs> that have that have found postings that Taylor Made has. Uh, have on like indeed for uh their new apparel brand it's pretty easy to find out there so doesn't take a crack journalist even though we are crack journalists here on the uh, merchants nine golf podcast yes we are we're so cracky <laughs> i don't even know what that means but <laughs> don't neither <laughs> <laughs> all right sony open uh why lie obviously a long time venue Everyone is familiar with it. Very, very different venue from what they just came from. Uh, They hop over an island and it's uh, wildly, wildly different. So uh, before we get to our picks, I just got to shout out Gary Woodland. I was shocked to see he's playing this week. So if you're unaware, Gary had brain surgery in September to remove a tumor. Did Did not know that. So if you're out there, you need to go to Anyone who's listening, Jay, you included, go to the PGA TOUR social apps or accounts. They put a six-minute video out of his press conference today talking about what he had gone through. It is crazy what he was going through prior to his surgery when he was having issues. And it is it is pretty wild. He was having many seizures, tremors. It was affecting his like fear and anxiety because of where it was on his brain. He's like, I thought I was going to die all the time. He was like, I was on the plane and I thought the cargo load was going to fall on top of me and I was going to die. He was like, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't feel myself. I couldn't sleep. This was all while playing on the PGA Tour and trying to compete. That's crazy. And then they, you know, a whole series of tests and MRIs and all kinds of stuff. And they went in and they've gotten most of it out. They couldn't get all of it out because of where it was. It is benign, it, it wasn't cancerous um but it was really it was really messing him up and so there was a 6 minute video they posted which I watched the entire 6 minutes it was pretty fascinating for what he had gone through before and after but you know we're talking just September he had brain surgery and he's he's back competing uh on tour so i'm going to see if we can get Gary on the pod i have a um a connection with him so i would love to see if we can get him on the pod to to talk about this this whole story and this journey it's uh it's pretty fascinating. So, to tip your caps to the Gary Woodman playing this week and um, getting back at it, I, I couldn't believe he was already back on tour. Getting, you know, body and it's crazy. game ready enough. So, who wants uh, who wants to go first? Jay, you are leading our season long uh, already. I came in we, last, winning the season long race as we speak. Yep, I came in last by like two points. McLean came in in second. <laughs> It's like two and a half points, I think. McLean edged me. McLean was in third place like all weekend and then my team did not Mipped do it. good. And that
1: I weekend. really liked my team too. It was disappointing.
0: Yeah, I liked mine too. It was awful. Awful. So um, uh Jay, you win. You can go first.
2: Yep. I'll uh I'll rip through him. Um at the bottom, 6,700, uh, Mr. Consistency Stuart Sink. He's Played played well Sorry. here in the past and he's he just when he plays on the PJ tour, it seems that he he just makes cuts. I don't really know what the deal is, but uh he especially at this event, he's made the cut every single time except once. So I think it's like twelve or thirteen times in a row. Um or not in a row, but twelve or thirteen events he's made, you know, only missed a cut once. So at that price point, it's pretty good. Um then I jump up to uh Ben Griffin who played well here last year and has had some success in 2023. He's kind of coming on. Um, young guy was working. What was he? He was like working in a bank or something and then, you know, for yeah. a year or something and then came back. It's kind of a cool story. He's at 7,400. Uh, another older guy, 7,800, Matt Kuchar. Um, Matt's played some good golf um, at Wild Eye in the past. I was trying to pull up his stats. I mean, I think he's... I don't think he's won here, but I feel like no, he's won. He has won. Okay, but he he just typically plays plays well at this event. Um, <clears throat> multiple cuts made, a lot of top tens. Um, so like again, it hasn't been playing that poorly, you know, in the last couple of years. So um, seventy eight hundred bucks. Then I jump up to Mister Ben on um, made a plethora of birdies last week. 32 birdies, 33 30 birdies, 33, or 34 is the record. It's the record. Most birdies in a 72 hole event. Yep. Um, which is, uh, which is awesome. I mean, I'm all about that. If you're making birdies, I know Walla is a little bit different golf course, um, but he finished 12th here last year and is the only, his only, his um, only time playing at that event. So he's obviously playing well and he's making birdies. So he, he must be doing a lot of things well. So similar grass, obviously. So it won't be that, that foreign to him um then I bump up to uh two of my heavy hitters here uh 9500 uh coming off his sixth win on the PJ tour uh who wow. whom we've spoken of uh Chris Kirk uh, you know I don't typically like to pick a guy after they win you know especially if they're not like a like a top top tier guy um but Given the circumstances, like if it were another guy, he'd be out late Sunday night, maybe Monday. But we don't have to worry about that with Chris Kirk, because that's not his MO. Um well, and the course that's like great,
0: and he's played well here in the past.
2: And he's played really well here in this. So this would be the golf course leading into the event. If he were playing well, I would say this is the course that he would he would play well at. So I uh, while I don't think he's gonna come back and win and have back to back wins, I do think he's gonna play really well and probably sneak into the top. The top 10. Um, and then last but not least, uh Russell Henley at ninety-six hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. He he seems to play well here and he just can't seem to to get the get it done. I mean, I don't know, was it last year he was leading and then kind of well, he did win here, I'm sorry, in twenty thirteen, but he's finished second year, in 2022. Um, he's he's played well here a lot in the past. So he just likes this golf course. Um so we'll see. You know, a lot of mid tier guys, no, none of the guys that sit, you know, all the way at the top, but I think a lot of guys that were gonna make the cut and score some points.
0: Cool. Uh a couple of guys I thought about um heavily. So McLean. Yep.
1: I have starting from the bottom, Adrian Dumont de Chassart. My man. 7,300. to ADC. Uh, um Rocking with Matt Wallace again. I think he's a good value pick for how he's played. Um, JJ Spawn, fresh out of the power rankings, 7,600. Uh, big, big value play here. Akshay Batia at 7,800. Mm-hmm. Also out of the power yeah. rankings. Um, and then Brian Harmon, power rankings. <laughs> and Sahith Thigala, power rankings.
0: So
1: let's okay. go. There you go.
0: Some crack research there. Crack journalists. Hey, you were the one that called crack
1: earlier. You were you were the crack guy earlier. A lot of crack <laughs> references tonight. A lot of crack <laughs> references tonight.
0: <laughs> All right, um, I'm gonna go. You're gonna love this first name. We've talked a lot about him tonight. Deep down the board. It's gonna be inspired. He's gonna have a hair across his ass because he wasn't in the field last week. Six thousand one hundred dollars. Kevin Kisner. Oh gosh, <laughs> I like that. He's he gonna, is gonna be in, there. inspired. Um, hanging out with these guys was getting some practice in. Was playing with Smiley. He fits the golf course well. He's played very well here in the past. I think he's motivated he's like you know This booth thing's cool but fuck I don't want to be in the Booth I want to be playing against these guys so I just to bounce back a year from Kevin Kisner and I'm taking him this week um, $6,100 Then I will go up To uh, $7,700 Adam Svensson Just perfect Course fit in my mind um, yeah. I, yeah I agree uh, For here and so he, he Had a pretty steady um, Pretty steady fall Fifth and his last event. Again, it's been been a little bit of a layoff, but he had some pretty steady finishes in the fall, so I like him. Then I go. Uh, I got two guys at seventy eight hundred. Akshay Batia, one of them, McLean. Um, I think you're getting ready to see a big a big season from him. I wouldn't be surprised if he sneaks out a victory here. He's he seems to be putting well. I think he's anchoring it, but I think he's putting he's putting well. At least he did that century. Uh, I was like, you think he's anchoring it? it like he was anchoring the fuck out of it. But
1: uh, <laughs> it's hard sure to did. tell, isn't it? It sure did. I'll be honest. It absolutely <laughs> did. I saw that too.
0: Uh, yeah, it was close. It was really close. And then uh, another duplicate pick here $7,800, Matt Kucher. Again, he's he's been playing sneaky well the last, you know, uh, eight months or so. And again, plays well here, past winner. G- great course fit. So. I like him there. Uh, then I go up to 9,800. Corey Connors, again, kind of like I said for almost all these guys. Great course fit. Has played well here in the past. So he's probably one of your favorites this week in my mind. And w- wouldn't be surprised if uh, if he gets it done. And then 10,500 top dog in the field, Ludwig Aberg. Wow. No course history. But the guy is long and straight. Give me that on this golf course, seven thousand yards. Give me the guy that's going to hit it three thirty down the middle of the fairway every time. Um, I think you're going to see a big week. Did not play well this past weekend. Hell, he shot what seventy-seven, I think, in round three uh, at the Century, which is just like unheard of on that golf course to shoot over par. Uh, so, Followed so, up with the ten under par. He did follow the up with a ten under on the last round. Uh, on on Sunday. So but I So the firepower is in there. The firepower is in there. He got over that bad round pretty quickly. Short memory. Yeah, pretty quickly. So yeah. I uh I saw him. He was my first pick. I almost never go at the top first. And I was like, and I picked him. So that's kind of what forced me into the Kisner pick uh down the board later. But yeah, I think I think you're gonna have a see a big week. I think it's a top five from Ludwig. Hell yeah. So well, good luck to you, gentlemen. Same to you. I don't really mean it, but same to you. That's right. <laughs> I'm in That's the basement. Right. We still got to figure out, this punishment. Finish up, finish yeah, out we better, this punishment. We better figure it out before we get too far along. McLean, I had an offer from a listener. He was giving me some suggestions on our, our punishment. And well, we'll... uh one of the punishments was you have to play in the Foundry Sunday group wearing a T Rex costume.
1: <laughs> and he,
0: he said if you came in last place and you were the one being punished he would pay for you to fly out to Richmond to play at the foundry so man I'm in. <laughs> deal. So, that was our uh, that's great uh, Mr. Who, Tom Jenkins who was and, that?
1: I was getting ready to say who was that was that Jenkins
0: yeah avid supporter yeah. and said if you were to come in last he will flip the bill for you to come out and play in a T-Rex costume at the foundry that's a deal <laughs> so, we'll we'll keep work in the uh the punishment, now, but that's on the table.
1: Now, just cuz I know he's listening, I need him to know I only fly first class or private. <laughs> so, I'm in, but I'm gonna need I'm gonna need a front seat. Uh he's
0: he does a lot of traveling. He's got a lot of points. I'm not sure the points cover the private, but he might be able to cover first. Uh, you probably can't even get first class from from Nashville to Richmond anyways.
1: Oh Hell yeah. yeah. Think oh, so? Yeah, you can. For 40,
0: yeah. 45 minutes down to Atlanta and then an hour and a half up to Richmond.
1: Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. sure.
0: First class. So that's on the t- So now we got he's got to finish last. He's got to tank every week, McClane.
1: Is it bad if I want to? <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a vacation to me. It's a weekend out it. of it. I'm not coming just to play on Sunday. So it's not like I'm going to show up and only play on Sunday and yeah. teach my costume and leave. Like I see. Yeah. multiple days of golf, at yeah. least one red salt visit. Yeah, <laughs> there you uh, go. You know, I got to send at least one steak back. So well, everyone,
0: was- last time I was in there, I didn't recognize a soul from. The, so you can, you don't have any kind of track record with the current uh servers and bartenders there. I'm I sending. It, I
1: don't it. care if it comes out cooked correctly. I'm sending it back. This is dead on medium rare. This is not what I asked for. I want dead on medium rare. Send that back. Bring me another medium rare steak <laughs> with the coffee rub. And if I can't get the Dino bites. They don't have any more. They don't have any more. Oh, we're going to have it. I've asked. That's just such a mistake.
0: I know. There was a couple times I went after they took them off the menu and they still made them. They always and, did for us and they were never on the menu. And then I asked again like a, a year or two ago. And they're like, ah, we've never heard of those. And then they went back and talked to the kitchen and like, they hadn't even heard. So like everyone's new. So like, yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. I have, I have a connection to the owner. I want to try to get a message to him, Put final bites back on the menu, but
2: yeah, make it happen. (laughs) You got a connection, Mike. Is your connection.
0: Don't worry about it. Jay.
1: (laughs) I've heard that story. That's a long one.
0: (laughs) Jay knows exactly who I'm talking about. (laughs) So, All right. On that note, I think we've had enough fun for one evening. Jens, it was a pleasure. Um, We'll be back next week.
1: All right, boys. Cheers.